when did you first realize that Elon Musk wasn't who you thought he was? For me, it was this moment. Uh, Franz, could you try to break this glass, please? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Well, maybe that was a little too hard. Uh, <laughs> should we try on the board? <laughs> Sorry? Okay. It didn't go through. That's so that's a, a plus side. Let's try the right. Try the one, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, man. It didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> eh, not bad. In case you don't know what that audio is from, that is the lead designer of the Cybertruck, Franz von Holhausen, and chief executive officer of Tesla Auto or Tesla Motors or just Tesla, whatever they call themselves these days. Elon Musk shitting an absolute brick when their demo of the Cybertruck's Tesla armor glass, in giant quotation marks, went horribly awry. If you can believe it, it was actually more awkward than that. Just moments before, Tesla had put on this elaborate, almost magic show-esque display of the very same metal ball von Holzhausen threw, dropping it from height onto a plane of glass that was allegedly made of the same material. The rollout of the Cybertruck was already, in my opinion, deeply weird. Forgoing the minimalistic lines and soft curves that had turned Tesla into the premier EV manufacturer in the world, the Cybertruck seemed to be designed from the mind of a toddler being asked to drive a pickup truck for the very first time. Throughout the presentation of this incredibly hideous vehicle that was meant to revolutionize electric pickup trucks, Musk and his cabal of yes-men trumpeted how their many design decisions were not in fact dumb, wasteful, and pointless, but bold, innovative, and new. And really, I wouldn't have paid that much attention to it if it wasn't for those damn windows shattering. Musk would later say on Twitter that the reason the front and back windows had shattered was because Von Holzhausen had earlier smashed the doors with a sledgehammer. Why would smashing a door with a sledgehammer break this allegedly bulletproof glass? Why even test the glass at all? Why does anyone need bulletproof glass on a consumer-grade truck? These things weren't being built for the military. They were being built for, well, someone. Some Tesla stand that I'm sure exists somewhere. Maybe? Do they exist? Are they real? I don't know. But the fact that the illusion of Musk as Silicon Valley's real-life Iron Man was shattered for me didn't really dissuade other people, or not as many as I hoped it would. In the days after the Cybertruck's unveiling, Musk bragged that 200,000 pre-orders for the Cybertruck had been placed. That amounted to a cool $20 million in liquid cash revenue for Tesla, according to a 2019 article by The Verge's Andrew J. Hawkins. For a company that had barely turned a profit in 2018, $20 million for essentially showing something that 
well, no one knew for sure if they would get or if it was practical or, you know, if it was even a good idea, seemed kind of bonkers to me. And as of the date of writing this, June 30th, 2023, the Cybertruck still has not been released to the mass market. Also curiously missing from release, the Tesla Roadster, which was announced in 2017. Prospective owners of the Roadster plopped down $5,000 for the Founders Edition version of the second generation Roadster, netting Tesla an estimated $250 million in revenue, with absolutely no vehicle in sight even as of date of this recording. Also announced at the same time was the Tesla Semi, which costs anyone looking to join the electric trucking revolution $20,000 to reserve, which companies like Walmart and FedEx gladly paid. Once again, in the year of our Lord 2023, precious few of these semis have actually made it to those who order them. In the meanwhile, Tesla went on to become the most valuable automotive manufacturer on Earth. Its market cap as of June 2023 stands at a ridiculous $826.87 billion, in spite of the fact that the company is only 4% of the auto market in the US and in Canada. Elon Musk is currently either the first or second richest man in the world. But why though? How could a company that barely makes a profit, that ships less than a half a million cars a year, hasn't refreshed its product line in nearly a decade and can't deliver any new products without massive delays, be this valuable? Is, is money just fake? I mean, yeah, money is fake. At least if you're rich enough, money is fake. But still, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like people far smarter than me could explain why Tesla stock is so overvalued. I'm just a guy with a keyboard and time to Google stuff. Breaking down the macroeconomics of why investors think placing all their eggs in a basket made of popsicle sticks and glue is beyond me. Instead, I'd like to pose a simpler, perhaps easier question. Why in the hell did the richest man in the world buy Twitter? For that matter, why did he need to take out a $44 billion loan to buy Twitter? Why did the richest man in the world buy a company that had never made a profit? Why did he buy it for so much more than it was worth? How exactly does one pay $1 billion in interest-only payments when one refuses to pay the bills for their office building or for their cloud computing? The answer to me is pretty simple though might be ultimately ungratifying for the kind of people who want to see Elon Musk as either a visionary or a supervillain. It, it's way simpler and kind of more upsetting than that. I mean, at least if Musk was a supervillain, that would feel good. It would make sense why he did all the evil stuff he does. But nah, Elon Musk is just a grifter, a good old-fashioned snake oil salesman. By the way, did you know that snake oil actually worked? Yeah, it's a whole thing. And like almost all of the greatest grifters, he has simply gotten it in over his head with no tangible way out. Elon Musk played himself. 
the system that allowed him to grift his way to prominence and popularity basically has no choice but to continue to pretend that he's the genius that everyone thought he was just a few short years ago. And at the end of the day, it is people like me and you and the people who are employed by him that suffer the most. Welcome to Whose Grift Is It Anyway, where we chronicle grifters, scammers, and con artists, and the systems that allow them to thrive. Join us next time for our first episode, which I like to call the $44 billion fuck-up, or Big Divorce Guy Energy. <laughs>